Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. No, it's it's getting uh, pretty exciting in our house, you know. The kids have really uh, helped move this Christmas along. I was wondering how it was going to go, but... Um, Oh, the kids have just been unreal. Unreal. It was funny this year. Isaac asked Ash. He's like, okay, mom, what's the deal on Santa? He's like, I'm a big boy now. You can tell me. What's the deal on this Santa Claus? She's like, okay, do you want the truth or what do you want? He's like, tell me the truth. I can handle it. So she told him about St. Nick and that he is a real person and so on and so forth. But Santa Claus, there's no Santa. And he's like, that's what I thought, because I couldn't understand why there was gifts before Christmas. And it said, from mom and dad on it when you would give it to me. He said, but don't worry. I'll tell Levi. I'll pretend like there's still Santa Claus, so Levi will still think there's a Santa Claus. I won't tell him. I'll help to perpetuate Yeah, so we like, we like to feed the lie, you know, so, you know, we keep it going. But I wanted to ask you guys, in all this, what are some family traditions you guys have at this time? I always am curious. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna come over for some carrot cake, Andrew. Dad gets mad about pictures. All right, that's that's a family tradition. Right on. Anybody else? Some. We have always, before we start opening any presents on Christmas morning, yeah. we sat down and, and uh, read the Christmas story. Yeah. Just to remind ourselves, open up even now with just the two of us. Oh, nice. And then we always took turns opening presents so everybody could see what everybody else was getting rather than just a big rip and then it's all Yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Anybody else? Anybody else? Miffy. Yeah. Wow. You still do that? (laughs) Well, yeah, it just shows you how over the pond we're not into that. (laughs) April. Polar Express? Yeah, sorry. No, no worries. Clearly, it was a meaningful tradition. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Okay, one more. I'll do Ashley. you enjoyed it there you go kids <laughs> get auntie some coffee the strong stuff <laughs> the special the irish coffee that'd be great <laughs> at our house we um <laughs> can i tell the story about the movie 
<laughs> it's the best, though. Every year we would, at our house, we'd, everybody would pick a movie and we'd watch a Christmas movie on Christmas Eve. Well, <laughs> we made the mistake of letting mom pick the movie. Who's ever seen the Stallone movie, Cobra? <laughs> that was our Christmas movie we watched. Nothing says very Christmas like Cobra. You know, <laughs> yeah, especially when he's gunning people down. And I was, I was young, and to this day, I would always say to mom, <laughs> so mom, we watched Cobra this Christmas? She's like, back off, it was one Christmas. <laughs> And I asked Dad about it. He's like, you know what? I still, I'm kicking myself. I let her pick the movie. I wanted to watch, like, The Grinch or, you know, A Christmas Carol or something. But, no, she wants to watch someone getting their head blown off half the freaking screen. So that was our, uh, and, like, we've tried, we've tried different things. But I think the biggest one that we've done was we'd go look at lights as a family. That's what we would do and. That was always fun, but the movie, yeah, I tell you, that I don't think I'll ever show my kids that until maybe they're older. I think even my age, I was a little young, seeing Stallone doing his thing. But to the credit of Cobra, there was a Christmas tree in the, in the gas station he destroyed as he was drinking his Coors Banquet in there. But hey, you know, it is what it is. I'm not judging. You know, we all do Christmas different, right? That's very different. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. It was good times. So my vocabulary grew too. Um, <laughs> moving right along with the movie thing. There's a new one out. Has, have you seen the movie The Star? The Star? The animated one, yeah. yeah. You've seen it? Yeah, if you got little kids, you probably have seen it. Oh, yeah, you guys saw it at the church there. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, it was good. It was cute, eh? Had some funny lines in it. <laughs> the camels were unreal. Um, no, we, we rented that movie a little while ago, and I, I thought it was incredible the way they captured Mary and Joseph leading up to the birth of Jesus. There was obviously some things that happened that I was like, I don't know if that happened. But looking at it, it was in, in a way it was beautiful the way they ended the, the show, how they ended this movie. And as I was watching this, I was asking a bunch of questions to myself. I was like, I wonder if that's what they were feeling. I wonder if this is what they were going through. How was Joseph taking all this? Now remember they were about to get married and then Joseph found out, yeah, so hey Joseph, uh, I'm pregnant. And Joseph's like, excuse me? <laughs> but uh, what happened to us? Oh, yeah, by the way, this is what happened and so on and so forth. And Joseph said, you know what? I'm just going to get rid of you quietly. Not like ether and then throw her off a cliff or anything. But he was going to do the Jewish custom and just away with you. Just, just go. And he's going to do it silently, not to ruin her reputation. But then God gave Joseph a dream and he said, you know what? Take Mary as your wife. It's going to be okay. And I love how God did that. In the midst of that chaos, in the midst of 
this is a horrible thing that's happened, God said, you know what, it's going to be okay. And as I was thinking more about this, what was Mary thinking in all of this too? Like, she was probably about, we think she was about 12 or 14 years old. Who was ready at that age to have a baby? Other than Mary. I don't even know if she really was. You know, like, the angel of the Lord says, hey, you're going to give birth to a child. It's a lot of pressure there. And it's not just a, you know, your average baby. It's the king of kings. It's the Lord of lords. So I like to do that. I like to place myself into their shoes and ask them those questions. What would I be feeling? What would I be going through in all this? And what else must have just blown her away and made her stop and really think? This was something prophesied about. Isaiah 7.14 talks about her. God had a plan for Mary before she was even born. He said, a virgin will give birth to, to Emmanuel. Now, looking at this, they would have learned about this throughout school. She, Mary would have been taught it through her father and so on and so forth. And then Joseph would have talked about it. But to know that that was you, that God was talking about... How off the wall would that be? See, we look at things a lot of the time like, God, there's nothing really significant about what's going on in my life. I'm just here warming up a pew, warming up a nice conference chair. That's all I'm doing. We don't look at the thing that God has called us to. There's a reason why we're here. There is a reason why Mary was born. I always do a lot of jokes about um, when Adam and Eve and the fall and everything like that. And some of them, you know, stings Ashley a little bit. But I read this one quote, and it was really good. You know, it, it went, I'll probably get it wrong because I haven't said it for a while. Because Ashley has really been mad at me for saying it. So I'm going to say it because she's doing Sunday school right now. But it, it went, <laughs> a, a woman helped bring sin into the world, but it was a woman that brought the Savior into the world. She's like, it was a woman that helped brought sin into the world, but it was a woman that brought a Savior into the world. Is that okay? Okay, I was like, it's too late. It's already out there in the open, so we can't. (laughs) It was one of those really good statements that you needed to repeat. Oh, okay. Thank you. I'll learn. I'll remember that for next time if I have one. It just came to me. I was just thinking about that. But a lot of the time, like we we look at things, it's like, yes, this happened. I would. We like to blame that. Oh, it was a woman. If she didn't talk to the snake. If she didn't this. If this, then this, and this. And then she used her her beauty and tricked Adam. Well, no, actually, Adam was a Mennonite because only a Mennonite would be tempted by a fruit than a naked woman. Take that joke to uh, Manitoba and tell me how that goes. <laughs> oh, there you go. So how did that go? Are we okay still? 
But it was a woman that brought in our Savior. How beautiful is that? Like that, for me, just blew me away. And it's like, Mary, did you really know who this child is that you brought into the world? Yes, God gives us today visions. He gives us dreams. He gave the same thing to Mary. He talked to her. But did she really know? There's Zach, did Nelson tell you what to play and what to do before he left? Me high and dry right now? Can you play the video? The video? One of my favorite bands sings this song. It's Mary Did You Know by Mark Lowry. And this is by the Pentatonics. But I want you to really listen to the song as it's playing. They do it very beautifully. And put yourself in Mary's shoes as this song is being sang. Baby 
in the movie one of the main animals was the donkey that they had and the donkey so badly wanted to be part of the royal caravan his heart and his dove friend they said yeah we're going to be part of the royal caravan i'm going to carry kings i'm going to see the nations i'm going to see all this stuff and then he ran away eventually from the miller because he was a milling donkey because he wanted to go to the caravan but then he wound it up with mary and joseph And as it went on, their cart, everything was just going wrong for them. And Joseph continued to say, God, this is so hard. I can't do this. I can't go on. And so Mary started trying to walk to Bethlehem. And Joseph said, God, give me a sign. And the donkey gave Joseph a nudge on the back. And they placed Mary up on the donkey. And the donkey brought them into the stable and everything like that. And at the end of the movie, I'm not giving anything away because we all know what happens. Jesus was born. But one of the camels says to the donkey, you know, Bo, you carried a king. You carried the king of kings. Mary, did you know that you have the king of kings inside of you? That in that moment, in your stomach, he was still in control of the universe. That he was still God. That he was going to grow up and heal the blind, set the captives free, set um, feed 5,000 people, be crucified, and then come back. That he was the, the perfect lamb. I, you want to throw that one picture of Isaac up there? I remember when I became a dad. And someone just want to get the first set of lights there, please? And the process leading up to it was exciting. And everything, we were like, yeah, we got a crib. We got everything. We're just, we're pumped. I remember praying for Ash and laying hands on her stomach and praying for Isaac. And I said, you know what? I got your name already picked. And I remember my one mentor at the time said, you know, when, when Isaac's born, pick him up and name him right there. And I said, oh, okay. He said, it's really cool when you do it. You know, it just really... There's something about that. I said, oh, okay, well, I'm all, I'm all pumped. I'm ready to go. Well, things really didn't go according to plan, right, as they should go. When Ashley went into labor, or the doctor that was there to deliver, she had to go for it. Believe it or not, I guess they can just pick up and leave and go to a conference whenever they have to go. They don't really have to be on call for a delivery like this. 
So we're like, okay, so who's delivering this baby? And apparently they had no idea who was going to cover for this doctor. And we're like, I'm like, well, I did quick delivery in uh, first aid class, but, you know, let's hut, there we go. (laughs) Praise the Lord. There was a midwife that went to our church. She was just walking by and she said, hey, are you guys having this baby now? And we're like, yes, get in here, get in here. It was the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced in my life was the delivery. You know, it all goes through, but then Isaac came out. And I remember looking at Isaac, and I remember holding him, and I named him. And the first thing that ran through my mind was, now you think it's going to be emotional, it was, holy crap, I need to take care of this baby. This baby is relying on me to have my job to keep the lights on, to keep the rent paid, and to keep food in his belly. Well, keep food in mom's belly so she can feed him. He looks really cute and really gorgeous. And I remember I would always ask God, can I do this? I'd phone my dad and my mom and be like, can I do this? And dad would give me his incredible words of wisdom. It's too late now. You've got to figure it out. <laughs> There's no return to sender on that one. (laughs) But God would show me, he said, you know what, Dan, it's going to be okay. And the first couple months was really hard. Isaac had a really bad tongue tithe. We had to get him clipped, and it was really hard because he wasn't eating, and he was always crying because he was so hungry. And he was just... There was nothing we could do for him. We'd be awake just rocking in his chair trying to get him to sleep. But he was just so hungry. But he couldn't connect and make that. So I tried to bottle feed him. And it just... But once we got his tongue clipped and his upper lip, he had to get that clipped a little bit. It was like a brand new baby. He was just feeding. He started gaining weight. Just like, holy cow, this is a chubby baby. But, you know, things started getting better. You want to go to the next picture there, bud? And that was him just a couple weeks old. And I was just looking at him. As I looked at these pictures last night, I was like, wow. He was so small. So innocent. Next picture. Him in his little bumbo chair. We were playing video games together. And then it started getting a little easier as a dad. Because I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Next picture. And that's him and his buddy. Yeah. It's incredible. Just incredible. And now he's six years old. And it's like, God, what do you got next? And this is just a, uh, an ordinary, when I say ordinary, I think my kid's special. But he's an ordinary human, 100% human baby. And I was losing my mind. I remember I was so frustrated one night, I took the bottle and I just pitched it across the room and I learned how to drywall from that. (laughs) But I was so angry because I couldn't do anything for my son. Now imagine if you had Jesus, the stress and the pressure Mary and Joseph must have been feeling. 
It was up to Joseph and Mary to teach Jesus how to walk, how to talk. I would have been asking the questions when Mary was pregnant. Okay, so God promised us a baby. We're going to have him. He's going to name him Emmanuel. He's going to be named Jesus. Now, here's my question. Is he going to come out as like a full-grown man? Or is he going to be like able to talk already? Like, are we going to have to do the diaper thing? Because I saw um, John's parents over there. They had to do the diaper thing. I didn't like that too much. It was gross. But then, wait a minute. Is he going to have a full beard? Like, this is God. Or, wait a minute. He might be like what the Catholics think, and he's going to be constantly glowing. That's it. I don't get that. And you see Jesus all the time. I asked one of my good Catholic friends. I said, dude, why do you guys have Jesus glow all the time? He's like, well, because he's God. I'm like, how annoying would that be in the middle of the night? Where's Jesus? Oh, he's right over there. <laughs> Poor Jesus. And they didn't like this. But Peter, my, my good friend, he's a, the youth minister for their church there. He's like, that's a good joke. I want to take that. I said, could you imagine playing hide and seek with Jesus? Ha, found you. <laughs> Just open your eyes. Boom. Ha, there you are. And he's just like, oh, okay, well, I'll tell you what, I'll go find you because this is foreshadowing from when we're older. But that would be annoying, just this constant going around, right? There's Jesus, found you. But would you not ask those questions? What's this going to be like? I've seen an ordinary baby. This is what they look like. They're cute and cuddly. I've never seen a God baby. Questions. And it was also Joseph's job and Mary's job, like I said, to teach him how to walk, how to talk. They also had to teach him their culture. Joseph also had to teach Jesus how to work. It's interesting, when we read the Bible on Jesus' life, it was like, okay, he was born, now he got lost in the temple. Horrible parenting moment right there. And then he's a grown man. Like, we don't really see a span, well, this was Jesus, he fell, he got a boo-boo on his knee, and he needed to kiss better. We don't see that, because we, the Bible highlights the important stuff. The horrible parenting moment, they highlighted that part, because, you know, he went missing, and it was great. Like, his parents were, like, a town away or something, and they're like, we lost Jesus! Where did he go? Joseph, I thought you had him! No, I thought you had him! It was like one time Levi and Isaac were running around in a parking lot because Ash and I thought each another had them. I couldn't imagine losing God like that. Oh, my goodness. It's like, sorry, Father, we totally just misplaced Jesus. We'll be right back. <laughs> the stress. And then he becomes a full man. But Mary and Joseph, it's going to be okay. You're going to make great parents. And you know what? They did. They did. Even before the foundation of the world, God knew. These are the two I, I know are going to do a great job. And as I look at the Christmas story and how it's all come together, and it's Jesus was born, hallelujah. What were the parents feeling like? Oh, I couldn't imagine. But you know what? They did it because they knew where to place their trust. They loved Jesus like a son, but they also loved him as God and as who he was and is. So Mary and Joseph, it will be okay. 
So that's my Christmas message. There you go, enjoy. No, I'm just kidding. I have a closing. I have a closing. (laughs) So this Christmas, when we read that and we look at what it is that we do, ask yourself that question. What am I doing in my family? What will my kids remember? I want my boys to remember that Jesus did come as an innocent child. That he grew the same way that they're growing. Jesus knows exactly what it is that we're going through. And that's the mind-blowing part. If I was God, and I was Jesus in this, I'd be like, okay, Gabriel, get that trumpet going. We're going to play a little ditzy as I'm coming down this golden staircase. And the angels will be singing, flapping their wings, making this huge show. And I'll be like, well, pow, I am here to save the world. I am Jesus Christ. But that is not how Jesus came. He came, I should stand under the humility flag for that. But he came in a stable, a stinky, grungy stable to two teenage kids who had no idea what was going on. They weren't even married for a year. And they had to figure out how to do life together, and they had to figure out how to raise a child in the midst of all this. And this is really cool. Jesus, the first audience he saw was the working class. Quiet down in the back there. But it wasn't the king's. It was his parents, the animals, and the shepherds. I never looked at that until now. It's like, what? He came to the working man first. The working people first. Because that's who our God is. He's available for all of us. Whether you install toilets, or you are an engineer, or a CEO, he's for everybody. You could be you'd be a person, be an, a Walmart greeter. He's here for you. You could be retired. He's here. He knows what we're going through. He knows what it's like to be a child. He knows what it's like to have parents. He knows what it's like to grow up as a teenager. He knows what it's like to have whatever it is you're going through. He's done it all. And I think that's such a cool way how God did that whole thing. He wanted to experience life with us because he's about doing life with people. He said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor. It is the sick. He came for us Because he said, you know what? I want to know what it's like to be them. I want to be with them. And I want to do life with them because they need me. He's the man with the plan. Hmm. So God has chosen us for something. He hasn't just, for a while I thought, maybe God, maybe that's it. Maybe I'm done. Maybe... I'm just here to warm a pew up nowadays. <laughs> That's not how God works. His, re- his retirement plan is going to glory. Best one ever. But as we're here on this earth, we can't be wasting time. God has a plan for us. Whether it's opening up a new business, whether it's being, like, I like pointing to my dad and saying old and retired. 
What's that? I, yeah, I will get there, but not today or tomorrow or even sometimes as a pastor. We have a purpose. There's something going on. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of the time it's like, well, I'm a pastor. I don't have to. No, there's a purpose. There's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why you've been called in. We're all leaders. We just got to accept that and grab hold of it and lead. And it's not insignificant in what it is that we're doing. Mary's job was to have a baby. Yeah, but Dan, she had the baby. That's not how I would have imagined she thought about it at first. It's not how Joseph looked at it. That's not how society looked at it. It may not look, like I said, it may not look like much for a while. But it has to grow. When Jesus came to this earth as a baby, was he doing the things that he did? Was he walking on water? He was spitting up. Jesus had to grow. He had to grow to be a man. Like Jeff said earlier, God does things. He's not in a rush. He's patient. How old was Jesus when he started his ministry? 30. Right now, I should be like really hopping. Jeff, it's past his time. <laughs> See, Jesus got, Jesus got married at 33. He laid his life down for the church, and we saw that. But you know what the thing is? is what's that? Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is it takes time. There's growing. There's pains you got to go through. I remember growing... When I was 12, my, my legs were in so much pain because of growing pains. It happens. Jesus went through that. He had to grow. He had to grow. And then when he was old enough and when he was ready, and I'm not talking about age-wise, physical. I'm talking about spiritual as we grow. He was ready. He took on the world. And the other thing was... <laughs> Are we willing to do it? Mary could have said no, right? She really could have. Like, I don't see God being like, well, too bad. Here you go. Here's a baby. Enjoy. Mary knew it could cost her everything. Well, Joseph was going to divorce her. He was going to leave her aside because he was going to say, you've been sleeping around on me. It's not really a good way to start a relationship, now is it? But she said yes to the Father. She said yes to God. Even for Joseph, he could have lost it. Could you imagine the reputation Joseph could have had throughout the whole thing? Oh, Joseph, you guys couldn't wait till you got married? Shun. Shun. Cultures have changed. But back then, that was... Whew, we thought sometimes it was bad now. Back then it would have been, Joseph wouldn't have been able to do anything. So Joseph was willing. He said, you know what, after God visited him, he said, yes, I will marry you, Mary. Sometimes we count the costs too much. Is there a risk of failing? Absolutely. But there's also a risk of succeeding. 
I always go back to this, and it's a good succeed slash fail story. When Ash and I moved to back to Alberta our second time, it was a bad idea, really bad idea. Because we, we made it about a year or so, not even, and then we moved back. It drained all of our savings, everything we had. And it was like, God, we thought we, li- we thought we heard from you. We thought this and we thought that. But in the midst of it all, God showed us where Ashley and I were at in our relationship, and our relationship became stronger because of it. We were on the brink of just pulling the pin and saying, and we were both okay with that. We looked at each other and said, you know what? Yeah, we had a good run. High five. Don't touch me, maybe. But we were willing to just pull the pin and end it all because we weren't happy. There was a lot of hurt, a lot of anger. But in the midst of it all, we say, okay, God, you have a plan for this. There's a reason why. And I remember the, the day Ash and I, we were praying and praying and praying, and we both got the, the, in our hearts, we should move back to Cranbrook. So, yeah, sure. And then all this, it was, it was weird. It was like a switch just changed. We started to date again. We started to fall in love with each other again. We, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but we started to fireproof our marriage, as it were. And now we're at where he said, you know what? I love Ashley more than I've ever loved her. And she says the same thing about me. She says, you know what, Dan? I'm glad we moved to Alberta. I'm glad we moved back to Cranbrook. Even though this all happened, she said God had a plan. And we're stronger and we're able to move forward because of it. So I was really excited about that. (laughs) Okay. I don't know why you won't. I don't don't know why I had to share that. I don't know why, but. Hmm. Thank you, God. Hmm. You know, it's just this time of year. It's just. I love it. I love Christmas time. Because it's like, this is when we can really share the gospel, you know, and share what it's all about. And my prayer every Christmas is that us as a church, we can keep it going, keep Christmas going every day. Not the, you know, keep our tree up, that, then we'd be really weirdos. But we could keep the, the spirit of God continuing. Because it seems like once we put the trees away, once we put the wreaths and the Christmas music, that's fine. We can keep the Christmas music away. It's, we put Jesus in that box with it too. We just fold him up. And we forget the man side until Easter time. It's like we go through that gap of Jesus growing. But this Christmas, Jesus is the reason, not just for the season, but he's the reason for, our, for us to celebrate every day. He's not just the reason for the season. He's the reason to celebrate his birth was miraculous. His life was miraculous. Everything about him was miraculous. So as we celebrate together as a family, let's remember that. That he came as a child. 
so innocent and <laughs> but then he grew and it took that time but he chose to be with us in such an intimate way i just love that picture how your your boys just feel so safe in mom's arms you know that's how jesus came into this world just cuddled up with mary and that's how he chose to come into to be with us is that if that's not love i don't know what is so this season, let's remember the love that Christ really has for us. It's, it's on, I can't even, I don't think any scholar, any theologian, anybody could really put into words how much love God has for us. So, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. So, Ministry team, if you want to make your way up to the front, that'd be great. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of His presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.